This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 1982, a fantasy book was published advertising a treasure hunt. Readers soon realized the hunt was real, prompting a nationwide search for solutions to the clues presented. Today we discuss the mystery known as The Secret. This is Red Web. Welcome back. It's Monday. Fredo, you know what that means. we got another unsolved mystery on our hands. I'm Trevor Collins. That's Alfredo Diaz, and this is The Secret. Dude, this sounds awesome. Wait, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, is this, this is what we're diving into today? This is I'm super excited about this one. This sounds so cool. Yeah, this is this is going to be, I mean, we do this all the time now. We, we push the boundaries on what topics we cover yeah. because I'm just, you know, we're mystery enthusiasts. We want to get in there. But also, this one, like, you know, we like the variety. Oh, we like a little bit yeah. of variety. And this is super interesting because, like, you know, Christian and I talked about this one for a long time. Uh, this one has updates as recent as 2019, and uh, and we Whoa. were like, yeah. And so we were like, do we want to cover this one in a traditional episode like this, or do we want to kind of explore this one as a video, like a series, because Ooh. of the nature of what this mystery is? Um, so yeah, we're covering it here now, but I'm just throwing out the feelers. You know, someday, yeah. you know, when things start to calm down in the world, maybe we'll get out there and start searching for some trash. Look, I'm a I'm down to lead the task force. Oh. I'm saying this prematurely. I'm down to lead the task force. No, no, this down, Christian. Like You're being this, very for, delicate with your words. Project <laughs> like this. Wait, do you okay. need a lawyer present? I might. I might need a write up. Um, so, okay, so there was it was just this fantasy novel. Yeah, and I guess like on the back or something like that, or where was like this whole. How was this outlined and where was it outlined in the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll break it down. So this is okay. a 1982 book by Byron Price. Uh, it was published. It's called The Secret. So when you open this book, it looks and begins very much like any other fantasy novel that you might pick off the shelf. Uh, but instead, this book contains a treasure hunt for 12 precious gems. And I'm going to talk about I'm going to quote the beginning of the book a little bit for you so you can like get immersed. Quote, welcome. We've been expecting you. You are about to embark on a fantastic adventure, a quest for 12 treasures, over $10,000 in precious jewels. They may be hidden in your city or your local park or even in your own backyard. You might even figure out one of their hiding places without leaving your house. Now that gets me excited because sometimes oh, the sun is scary. Yeah, I mean, the, the outdoor, the sun's beating down on you, you start sweating, feel real gross, mm -hmm. gotta run back inside, hit right. the AC. But are we, <laughs> real, I mean, real brittle people yeah, out I'm here. Just, I'm just real, I'm, I, I got soft skin. Um, I'm moisturized. <laughs> uh, okay. I can't wait to see what like opportunities that you have to earn some of this treasure mm -hmm. just by staying at home. So what he's probably implying is that some of these clues can be deciphered from the Got comfort it. of your own home. And okay. we'll kind of go into how he lays out the clues this and everything. Awesome. It's very cool. It's very cool. And so this has, I mean, maybe we just say it for later. This hasn't been solved yet. Some have been solved, right? There are 12 gems, which there are then 12 
little hunts. What? Some have been solved. We'll talk about some of those. Some have a lot of so, legwork already done, and then some are much more yeah. up in the air. So there's like evidence of like, okay, this gem has been located. Oh yeah, like this is 100% what like- the this, this What the heck? How have I not heard of this? <laughs> yeah, really? Up this is yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah, some. this is like 100%. Like this is real, legit, because some have been found and, and no the gems have been way. solved. You know, yeah. It's really cool. But- before we get too far, I want to okay, kind yeah, of talk yeah. about the inspo, like how this came about. So the author Price was inspired by the success of the book called Masquerade. And this book was a picture book by Kit Williams. It included an elaborate puzzle hidden in paintings that led to an acrostic. And just what an acrostic is per Wikipedia, it's a poem or other composition of writing where the first letter or some letter in each line basically spells out a word. And that then is a message or it's an alphabet or something. Basically, there's a, an encrypted message in a piece of writing. Anyway, once that acrostic is solved, it told the solver of the location of a buried 18 karat gold rabbit pendant. And that pendant was found in 1982, three years after the book was published. So this inspired wow. Byron Price to do his own kind of treasure hunt. And that's where these gems come into play. So The Secret, which is the book we're talking about, greatly expanded upon the ideas of the masquerade. It featured a team of artists, Price created The Secret, and he then buried 12 gemstones. Did he bury the gemstones or the keys? I would assume it'd be... It was the keys. because Keys, I think key, that's smart. The keys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, my god, get those keys custom made too, they look so cool. This is some like Ready Player One type stuff. <laughs> it this really is! This is amazing, It dude. really is! Holy hell. So... Price, the author, was inspired by this book. He built on the kind of straightforward puzzle of yeah. the book to, he was inspired. So he he builds out this idea of the fair people. And I'll kind of get into what that is here in a second. But that's the lore that we explore through the fantasy novel here. And he works with artists to develop paintings and he creates some verses. Oh, so there's still like an actual story here. And a little bit, yeah. A little yeah. bit, like, like, it's not just like, okay, hey, surprise, go hunt for these gems. Right. There's, there's like... A little bit of lore and yes. backstory, so you can kind. Of, this is the coolest it thing. It really ever. is. What it, the hell? It, it combines cryptids with treasure hunts with online mysteries. It combines a little bit of everything we've done on this podcast all into some like actual real world thing. It's really cool, and I keep saying that, but it how, is. How is how people not like talk, talk about how amazing this is? Like, it doesn't make any sense. This is I the, don't know. This is, Maybe we're gonna spark a fire, a wildfire what? here. So as I mentioned, we have twelve paintings and we have twelve verses. It's up for the readers to kind of combine which verse goes with which painting mm -hmm. and use the visual clues with the written clues to then find the city and therefore the park or the destination within the city that these are located. You then dig, you find a key, you send that key to him or now his family because, you know, he has since passed on, but you send it to his family what a cool and the family will behind. procure the gem to you. It's really dope. So the family, oh my God. Okay, yeah, so the families have the gem and you just have to turn the key. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder like how they deal with like fraud or imitations or whatnot. I guess if they're all different design keys. I think right, yeah. you kind of there just... are photographs, there are Polaroids that are of these locations. Only he knew the exact location, but you can basically confirm if the key is valid. Yeah. I'm sure there are there's evidence there, like he has photos of what they look like or whatever. So something like this, um, yeah. So you, yeah, exactly right. You have different keys. You have photographs of those keys, and so that way someone goes, "Look, I have this key. It looks just like the other one. So that must be it." It's like, well, no, they're all different. But I'd be very interested to know the location 
of these keys because who's to say you didn't just bury it somewhere and then they built like a, an apartment complex on top exactly. of it. Exactly. That's a really good point because especially now there's so much of the world is in development. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, he talks about parks and I think that's why he mostly targeted parks, pieces of land that aren't going to be built on. They're more protected. They're green spaces. True. Yeah. Which then is also, we'll talk about this later too, that, that kind of creates some wrinkles where can you go just digging in parks nowadays? Not not as easily as you could maybe yeah. a few decades ago when this started. Uh, you need more permissions, etc. But yeah, let's dive into some of the lore though, and, okay. and that kind of focuses in the location. So this comes back to the fair people. That's what this story is kind of about. And the fair people, they include fairies, goblins, leprechauns, elves, etc. And they were essentially, per this story, forced out of their homes in the old world by man. Man, capitalized M, humankind. What the hell? And they then, these fair people, immigrated to North America, or aka the New World, I should say. Mm -hmm. And they brought with them the 12 Wonderstones. The Elvish people were the ones who created the casks that contained these stones. And then with the arrival of man from the Old World to the New World, yeah. they once again, these fair people, hid once more. The themes of the secret tend to revolve around immigration and environmentalism, topics that are still very hot to this day. And essentially, to figure out where these casks are buried, you got to combine what you learn from the lore of each nation of these fair people combined with these paintings. There are 12 gemstones, and they are all representative of the birth month stones, or they're the same as the birth month stones. Right. So some of them look similar. So in order to decipher which is which, you got to look at the paintings. Uh, there's also birth month flowers and uh, clock hands in some of these paintings to indicate which month it is. So instead of like there's a, a blue zircon and a sapphire, which, you know, from a at a glance can look right. similar. Yeah. Uh, in order to kind of delineate those, they go, no, 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 this is September, so it's the ninth month, or this is December, so it's the 12th month. Or they'll put the birth month flower in there, so that way it, it helps focus you in on which of the 12 that yeah. is being referenced. And the reason why 12 is important is not only because there are 12 months, but due to the lore, apparently there are 13 nations that the fair people hail from, and 12 of them each have a stone representative of them. Oh, is one like an evil, you know what I mean? Ooh. Like, like the fire nation yeah. of the group. You yeah, know? That, that, that'd be funny. Maybe Avatar plagiarized. Hmm. Maybe we've stumbled onto something even bigger and better. <laughs> even, <Yeah>. even deeper. <laughs> oh what I like God. so much about this too is like, this is the geek in me. I'm like kind of geeking out a little bit because this is very reminiscent of George R.R. R. Martin's lore behind the children of the forest, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like they came over to Westeros and then the first men came over and then like this whole, I, I'm very much distilling yeah. this. And then the first men and the, and the children of the forest, they were like, we get the trees, you get everything else. And then blah, 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 flash forward, flash forward to where the show is and... uh it's just like there's so much more depth to this than I thought there would be. Yeah. One, it's just awesome and cool in general. Um, a, a fantastic like mystery. Mm -hmm. But it just there's layers to it that I just really really enjoy. Do you want to expand on those? I mean, just the layers being that the whole the, there's there's a whole lore behind this, right? right? The story it, it isn't it isn't just like a surprise like hey there's a treasure hunt. It's like no, there are. You, like you actually have to invest into the story. Yeah. And and this like. Um, you know, this whole like mythical world, these creatures and their background in order to even attempt to start 
right. going on this hunt, right? Yeah, like you, you need actually, to indulge yeah. in, in the, the fantasy layer of this world. He's yeah. applying a fantasy over top of everything we're familiar with. Yeah, and, and it's just like, there's just different layers, which means there's different places in which people in the real world can sit within those layers, yeah. right? Like you could be one of the people that want a treasure hunt, or you can be one of those people that just go, I'm not going to go on this wild goose chase, this treasure hunt, but I do enjoy like the lore and the story. Yeah. Like I could totally see that there being communities out there that like, Oh yeah. You know, are fans of this story mm-hmm. and, and everything some Lord of the Rings style. Yeah, like exactly. Fans. Yeah. But that's kind of the background, the lore that kind of encapsulates all these clues. So again, as I mentioned, people needed to pair up the verse, one of 12, with the paintings, one of 12. And from that, you would get visual clues as well as, I guess, word clues on where this was buried somewhere in North America. And once you found the spot, there would be a ceramic key in a plexiglass container buried not super deep. He mentioned that it was usually about three feet underground that it would be buried, so it wasn't super difficult to find. Yeah. The deeper you go, then, basically yeah. the more impossible it is that you're going to find it. Exactly. Yeah, three feet is like, that's a good chunk, right? Or mm-hmm. um, most likely a, a dog won't easily dig it up. Right. You know, they won't accidentally ha- find it. Or, yeah. But the other thing that I realized, I was like, you can't, since you can't go digging around just like holes, like Shia LaBeouf in the holes. Yeah, exactly. You you also, I was like, well, what about a metal detector? The fact that it's ceramic and plexiglass and all that stuff, you can't just go right. beep, 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 beep. Here it is. It is covered in plexiglass. Yeah. So anyway, you take these keys once you find them and it will open a safety deposit box that belongs to Price. And that would then contain a gemstone. And the book wrote that total, these gemstones were worth $10,000, but I imagine that they're worth more today. They must yeah. be relatively small right. for 12 stones to add up, but that's, you know, not an insignificant amount of money. No, not at all. Fun little reward for a little treasure hunt. Right? Like, you just kind of, like, read the book, invest some time into it. If you got a little... Hunt. I mean, like, this would be so cool to do, like, in college when you, I have oh, more yeah. time and I'm just like, it's like... Oh, sweet. This is fun. I get this is something I get to do for the summer with my friends. And right. hey, we get a little bit of money out of it, right? Even if you get like one. If you one can solve gem- it. Yeah, if you can <laughs> solve it. If you can, right? You get a gem, maybe it's like two grand or something like that nowadays. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, my. Oh, that's pretty good. That's good money, right? We go to Disneyland or something. Right. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd blow it immediately on <laughs> yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, like, and it all sounds very straightforward. And the fact that some have been found, one was found within the year. So it makes it seem very simple, very doable, but a lot of these clues are very esoteric. You have to know the place, you have to know, let's say, Chicago very well. Yeah. The stories of Chicago, the sights of Chicago, the sounds of Chicago, and some are a little bit more abstract, so you there's a lot of interpretation involved too. One was found within the year? One was found within the first year of this going live, and we'll kind of okay. talk about... We'll talk about, like, right now we're talking about the book. We'll talk about how some of these were found, how those paths unfolded, what those clues look like. And then we'll talk about, you know, since there's no real theories involved because this is established, we'll talk about the theories as far as where the undiscovered ones are, how far those are along in their journey of discovery, and in all the communities in play that are still out there online to this day trying to pull all the clues together and trying to find these, these gems. Yeah, my my big concern with doing something so cool like that is just to have to have the key demolished because of just mm-hmm. construction or just someone randomly coming across it and going, huh, this is weird. trash. Yeah. <laughs> throw it away. Exactly. Right? It's like even us, if we were to find something like that, we'd go, whoa, this is cool. This is awesome. Like, this must be something. But then, like, to really 
I mean, imagine if we didn't have our social media reach, right? It's like, how do you just tweet out to your high school friends that you never talk to anymore of like, mm -hmm. hey, I have this thing. Does anyone know what this is? Right. Or like, how do you even... You don't go to the bank and go, what's this key? Exactly. <laughs> Especially in the 80s. So yeah. you either know what you're looking for and you have it and you yep. do the thing or like you mentioned you're a developer you're working on a new walkway in a park and then suddenly yeah. you stumble across this box and you're just like well this is strange maybe it's some kid's time capsule right. what's in it uh okay like trash the, or yep. maybe a collectible or something yeah. like i don't know but the book states as i mentioned that typically it's no further than three feet down but more so it's never in a dangerous location. It's never in a flower bed or a cemetery, anything like that would be destructive or right. disrespectful. I mean, yeah, the book itself is big on like the environment and, and all those those huge topics. So mm -hmm. it would be, be really weird to just be like, all right, so it's in someone's grave. <laughs> oh, what's interesting here, I, I forgot about this. What's interesting too is once you think you have found the location, instead of just like, willfully digging around to go find this thing what you can do is fill out the form in the back of the book to then message the publisher to say like hey i think i found it here's the location i'm at is this close is or is amazing. this accurate that is so smart yeah and then they can be like okay yeah you found it or no you did not find it or you, you know they're not going to guide you from there. right exactly they're, they're going to approve or deny yeah what you think you found yeah the, you know, the hot and cold situation yeah huh? you're warm yeah and then so you just go all right, it's somewhere here. Um, or you go, oh, you're cold. Mm -hmm. Or just straight up just like, no, it's not there. Yeah. That's so smart. That's very, very smart. Also, to like pass this down from generation to generation, like that's a lot of um, trust that your kids and their kids are just not going to be like, this is stupid. Right. <laughs> this is, it's immediately transgenerational. And, uh, yeah. and I think it's like a really unique take on fantasy storytelling because this has... It's almost like the fourth dimension of this novel is mm -hmm. you getting out into the world and experiencing. It takes you on a site tour of various cities, which I think is very so cool. cool. It's very immersive. But the last couple things, just with regards to the book itself, it wasn't particularly successful. And so in order to make money on it as a product, they did publish it in Japan as well to recoup some of these losses. The Japanese edition includes some hints, which is why I wanted to mention that. And that kind of helps elucidate That's... further some of the clues. That's smart of them from a business aspect. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like that's the other that's the other part of this too, where it's just like, okay, um, this is very unique, very interesting, mm -hmm. but I don't see it being like widely appealing for right. a lot of people, right? Some people go, Oh, it's like a little treasure hunt book. Like it's very I, niche. I don't got time for it or I don't care about it. Like, yeah, it's very niche. And so that's such a smart business move to go, okay, we're going to make it's interesting that they made a version overseas in Japan, but I guess it's it would be scummier to just be like, here's here's a second here's, edition. Here's edition two. Right. It has more hints. You know what I mean? I'm sure Buy they're this. like I'm sure they're like, eh, it's been tapped here. Maybe yeah. this is a, a lore that here and the Japanese audience might, might enjoy, be able to get some, you know behind. You can test the waters overseas. Right. Because, you know, um you know, different countries like you know, there's some movies in the US that do terrible but do amazing overseas. Transformers, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park, Venom, um, but like 
why not test that with this novel as well? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, dropping in little hints, man. Like, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Encourage people to, to buy into it, give it a little bit of a launch bed in a new yep. nation, and then see what happens. But but ultimately, you know, regardless of the, the business of it, it certainly has a very strong cult following that there are online communities to this day that are very hot and yeah, uh, constantly talking about it. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to mention, just the last thing on this book, that I found that was very interesting because it is pre-social media. It's almost pre-internet. I find it very interesting that it's engaging with its community because in the book, there is a section asking for sightings of the fair people, fan art of these fair people, because they are essentially cryptids, right? They are yeah. they're yep. fantastic creatures and people, elves and leprechauns, etc. Now, the intent was to make a second book out of these sightings and out of this fan art. That never happened. But right. it still engaged the community in a way that was very direct that you didn't typically see out of novels. Uh, I mean, of course, it's not the only time that that's happened, but it is interesting because it's very much like putting out the feelers on Reddit or Twitter and saying like, hey, ask us anything. It, it feels very much like that. But yeah, with the background of the book out of the way, we can talk about maybe some of the found gems or some of the found keys that Damn, led to so the gems. Cool. Okay. And how that path kind of unfolded, what that looked like, because that can inform how we tackle the ones that are still yet to be found. Yeah. I feel like if we were to find one, it'd be one of the coolest moments in our lives that only like a hundred people would think is equally as cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like, like winning the lottery, but only yeah, it's it's so like, many people. Will it's like fifty it. like, people that are actually like in a group that have been a part of this. Um, you know, this this group and, and this whole community for some time and then like the other fifty people that we told about and they were like, That's so awesome. And, right. Right. Like I don't know. Like it's not like, you know, oh on the lottery is so cool. Right. <laughs> like what's that new sport now? I mean, it's not new, but it's starting to pick up steam. It's like Oh, I just won the world finals in slap ball or something. You're like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Well, you know? Yeah, what is yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found this this like hidden key has been hidden for 20 years. Uh okay. <laughs> it just yeah. sounds so sounds like a third grader maybe and, buried yeah, exactly. a key in an art project. Yep. Yeah. Or like when I played Can Jam and I and I hit the slit twice. I'm like, yeah. And everyone's like, I don't know I what that is. Yeah, but exactly. okay. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, ten thousand adjusted for inflation is a little over twenty eight grand today. Helps for a down payment on a house. <laughs> house. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> you said. <laughs> Gonna get that house. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about it. So, like I mentioned, the first key was found only one year after the book's release. By a group of students in Chicago, Illinois. Yep, there you go. Exactly, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Tell a gut check. Called that. Okay, uh, did Christian, write this down. We're gonna need a gut check pin. Gut check <laughs> pin. You got like, it. Fredo dude, man, always that, with that's the instincts. That's a summer adventure. Just absolutely for like high school and college kids, man. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody in this group, we're all nineteen. It was a group of friends. Oh, I that's might so cool, ruin. Man. Yeah, it is. I might ruin some of the pronunciation. So forgive me, Eric. But we have Eric Gasiorowski. Rob Rodell and David James, who found it in Grant Park, as I mentioned, in Chicago, Illinois, all 19 years old. The fifth painting was the one that they used. It was nicknamed Castle Hat, just based on how it looked. And we'll show you here, Alfredo, what the painting looked like. And we'll also post some of these paintings on our Twitter page, etc., for those who want to check those out. We'll also give you the resources, I'll, I'll mention them later, that have all this stuff posted if you want to see it all in one location. 
But yeah, the fifth painting nicknamed Castle Hat features someone with an emerald earring. There are a bunch of visual clues within it that are all super nuanced. I don't want to dive into the hyper hyper details, but basically they are visual clues that led people to the water tower in Chicago, Illinois. There is a silhouette of statues from the Bowman statue that is actually located at the entrance of Grant Park on Congress Drive. So this really started to hyper-focus people in on this yeah. location. There is the painting. Damn. Very cool, very abstract. That's very yeah. It's just like a it's pointy like ears, a, big nose, big mouth, maybe yeah, one of the it, fair it just people. It looks like maybe yeah, maybe one of the fair people. Uh, it is the sh like a shoulder up shot, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like it has like a, um, a hat with a maybe, castle, on maybe it. like a leather, like yeah, like a headpiece that's mm -hmm. colored, um, kind of like greenish emerald. And there's there's like so many intricate little things. There's like a castle on his head, and then there's things that are just hanging off the castle um, up down to his ears. And it's just one of those things where you look at it and you go, wow, that's an interesting like. Uh, picture painting, uh, and then I'm sure every little detail has some sort of meaning. Right, like like he's got some moles under his yeah. eye. It, it does the number and placement of those matter? Oh. But but yeah, now we're showing Fredo this. You see, there's a windmill that the windmill is the water tower, but with like blades added to it. Exactly. Here's the silhouette of a horse, etc. Yeah, so the the what is that the water tower in Chicago? Yes, yes. it looks like the windmill. But, uh, but the windmill and the the illustration just looks more elaborate mm -hmm. and changes to it. But like, mm -hmm. I mean, if you've seen that place, it'll look similar. And yeah. then I guess this is just um, I don't know. In the illustration, there's like a, a, a I don't know what that is. So this it's is the Bowman like statue here. There's like a it's like a a man on a horse pointing. Yeah, but on the illustration, it's like I don't know where that's located on the illustration, but I guess it's just um, it was on one of the parapets of the castle. If that's oh. the right use of that word. It's up here. Oh yeah, there it is. Interesting, and yeah, it's one of the statues in in the city. That's so yeah. cool. It's all these buried clues that if you look at the painting as a whole, you're like, that's very interesting, a little abstract, but yeah. but anything in that painting could be a clue. And I, I know this is a highly visual piece. Uh, so again, Task Force, yeah, be... Red Web Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also Google this if, yeah. you, if you prefer. I'm sure I poorly describe that, but it, I was just, I was just, <laughs> no, there's just a lot all of, of like all the detail. Yeah. But yet at the same time, um, you can really break it down and and simplify it. Mm -hmm. And that's what those kids did, man. That's so cool. But just like yeah. three 19 year olds that mm -hmm. were just like, hey, let's go chase the treasure of this novel, and then they right. found it. How sick is that? That's wild. I'm sure they looked at the. So again, there's 12 paintings and 12 verses, and yeah. so. There isn't really an obvious way to connect which painting with which verse. So there could be some trial and error. There could be some luck. There could be some, I picked up on this part of the painting and this part of this verse, and I know very strongly that those correlate to this city. And so regardless of how they did it, they managed to match the 12th verse with this fifth painting, Castle Hat. The painting took him to Grant Park, and then the verse took him to a specific spot in Grant Park, and I'll break down how they figured that out here. So here's one line from the verse, quote, where M and B are set in stone and Congress R is known. So Congress obviously referring to uh, the street that the that, that statue is on. So from this line, Eric and his friends found this at Grant Park where M and B translated to Mozart and Beethoven, whose names were carved in the symphony center because this verse refers to M and B being etched in stone. There's also a railroad track below this area, and that's probably where R is known. Oh. 
Congress being Congress Drive, where the entrance to Grant Park is. Yeah. Another line says, quote, L sits and left beyond his shoulder is the fair folks treasure holder. So from this, they were able to decipher that the cask was past the statue of Abraham Lincoln, a.k.a. L, where they could see the next clue. The next clue being, quote, the end of 10 by 13 is your clue. And from this, they saw that there was a path and down this path, there was trees on either side. There actually was 10 trees on one side and 13 Damn, trees on the other. Man, that's so sick. <laughs> Could you imagine like finding this? Could like, you imagine just going deeper and deeper and going, yeah. this is that. Oh my God, that that's this. That would be so cool. And then you're talking. Yeah. And then you, yeah. come on, man. You walk into a damn room. Could and you then, imagine how giddy you would be? I would. I'd be losing my mind. <laughs> you see I'm M and B are etched in right stone. Now. Okay. Okay. Oh. <gasps> It says Mozart and Beethoven, and then, <laughs> yeah. oh man, and then the 13 and the 10 and then trees, I'm, I'm like. And then imagine the trees lining up perfectly, too. It's just like, oh, Dude, wow. I'm, I'm freaking out on behalf That's... of these folks from the 80s, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm just fantastic. living their life. Yeah. And then the last one, so now they've gone down the edge of the path, and they said, this is where the clue lies. So the last line they looked at was, seek the sounds of rumble, brush, and music. Hush. Basically, listen for your environment and, and be quiet. Just listen. And from that, they said at the end of the path of the trees, they could hear the rumble of the train. They also figured that brush and music might be because of the Art Institute and the music of the Petrillo band shell that were nearby. And so from all of this combined, they got to the end of the verse. They said, okay, this must be at least very close to where this treasure is buried. But even with this specific area figured out, the group struggled with many dig holes to figure out where this was. They even asked Price for help who only sent them a picture of the filled-in hole without context for the location. So he was saying, yeah, basically you're in the right spot. Yeah. I'm not showing you where it is, yep. but I'm showing you that, yes, it does exist. Yeah, it's in the right. you're in the right spot. Good luck digging. Right. So after digging basically a very large hole, yada, 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 they managed to find the cask. Their, their shovel hit it and slipped on it, and they said, oh, this is it. They Damn. pull out the key, they sent it to Price, and they were awarded with an emerald, as you can imagine, from the so painting. So damn cool. It's very cool. That is sick. But yeah, that was a year after this all kicked off. And it wasn't until 2004 that the second key was discovered, actually still in the Midwest in Cleveland, Ohio. I love that, like, you know, uh, a decent amount of time later, people still looking for the treasure, still into the lore, reading the book, trying to figure things out are rewarded with the discovery of another key. So it's just like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, obviously there's a decent chance that some of these are still untouched. Some of these are um, still located in various areas where they were planted. But it's cool that like, to just see that time jump and to see, okay, another group or another person has discovered the key. Could you imagine being a part of the first group and you're digging and you're like, this is, I have a feeling this is a spot. And then you see like another group of people walk up with a shovel. You're like, no, it's not here. <laughs> it's not here. We <laughs> no, searched no, everywhere. Here. Or you just go, go on. Dig, 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 dig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop using your hands. Stop using your hands. Hands, shovels, feet, whatever you need. Dude, Dude that, that just reminds me of the scene in Holes that cracks me up every, every time. It's with the grandfather. And the and the the daughter's digging the one who runs the the holes camp in the modern mm -hmm. time and she and she's like I'm tired of digging grandpappy and goes well, that's too damn bad <laughs> <laughs> and like, the makeup is just horrendous and it's just the delivery uh, but yeah so they dug around for a while and they found it now 
between finding it and the second one being found, a, a whole kind of group, the Quest for Treasures online forums developed a group of members that were looking for these other keys. Now, I imagine there must be in the back of their minds for that 15 plus years. What if the first key was a plant? What if that was just to validate the rest of the treasure hunt, but the rest was a farce? What if the, like, only one was real, that one was found yeah. within a year to kind of boost the sales of this book, and then the rest is just fake? But the fact that one was found in 2004 would be like, that would be the ignition for me, that this is 100%, that the rest of yeah. these must be out there, and that this group is going to I didn't even think about that, right? Yeah. Like, what if it isn't actually a treasure hunt and the person just kind of is lying about it. Yeah. And there then was it's just like, oh, look, there was one. And then cut to, uh, you know, the author just handing over a key to a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We got another one now. I mean, who's, I mean, that's a lot of time later that the second key was found. Right. So yeah, that, that leaves enough time to like really make you question. But 2004, we have two members from the group Quest for Treasure, those online forums, came forward and then found it. We have Andy Abrams and Brian Zinn. They found it, as I mentioned, in Cleveland, Ohio, specifically the Cleveland Cultural Gardens. So in their particular painting, they found that it was obviously Ohio because hidden in that you could see the shape of Ohio and its respective rivers. So if you knew your state and you knew the geography, you could say, oh, that looks very much like the rivers of this state. Yeah. And furthermore, there also seemed to be a lot of reference to Greek culture and famous people in the painting, which then led the solvers to the Greek cultural garden, specifically within Ohio, within Cleveland, right? There are also a lot of other detailed hints that can be found if you are so interested. I don't want to outline this one as, as vividly as the first right, one. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to explore the other hints, you can do so in the, uh, the secret wiki page. But yeah, like the previous cask, the verse gives directions to the location. However, they discover that the verse was meant to be read backwards. So now we have a totally different solve pattern in play. I love that. Yeah. And I don't know how you would even know to think about that. Because first of all, you have to take the painting, match it to a verse. Then you got to know it's backwards in order to solve it. I mean, I guess that's just throwing everything you can at it, right? Do I do it backwards? What if I play with the letters? What if I play with the word? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I guess the reason why they might have come up with this, now this wouldn't necessarily tell me that which verse it was or that the verse had itself to be backwards, but within the painting that they chose to use or that was associated with Ohio, hidden in a stone structure on the left side of that painting was the word backwards. And that was already hard to see because it was hidden in the cracks. It almost looks like when you look at it highlighted, it, it almost looks like someone wrote out the word backwards using side streets and stuff. So you would really have to be looking for it to know it's in there. Yeah. And then you need to know to apply that to the verse. So here you can see very awkwardly written. Oh, it, it just looks like a statue with a bunch of cracks in it the stone. Just it, like and it's sideways. Again, we'll post this, but I mean, this photo like, on our Twitter page. Again, like you throw the whole kitchen sink at this thing, mm -hmm. right? Like look at every detail, Spain, like just painstakingly long like mm -hmm. those cracks would be on the short list right i'd be looking at them left right upside down uh connecting trying to connect them to each other trying to try and connect them across adjacent to one another like i would just try everything yeah um, but looking at that painting though amazing yeah it is no wonder it took 15 to 20 years yeah i mean because it, that it one just is... looks like 
cracks in stone. And you know what I mean? Imagine like having a, a detailed tree in the background and you just, just be like, like, that's a tree. That's a tree. But, and, no. and those are just like, you know, the, the chippings of the bark that are painted in. But no, it's a map. You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, what's interesting is that, I mean, obviously, you know, you want to look in every detail. I think that's wise. But the first painting, the Chicago one, seems so direct, right? So literal that it might have sent people down the wrong path of like, well, I think you can just apply. If there's a statue in this, look for a statue near you that looks like that. This is probably the first time where people started to really realize, no, there are some pretty, pretty niche clues hidden in some of these. Yeah, and a lot of variations as to like how the clues are placed and how mm -hmm. they're discovered, which, I mean, just makes sense to me, right? Like you don't want there to be a pattern and then allow people to apply that pattern to each individual right. painting. Right. Uh, it would just be discovered at a faster rate. Exactly. Find one, suddenly yeah. you just like apply that yep. pattern to everything. Granted, um, I'm not as patient as the author, so <laughs> I, I might have uh, made them a little bit easier so I could have seen them discovered within right. my lifetime. Yeah, but. you don't want to be like, they're out there yeah. somewhere, oh my, and oh no my one like, will find them. Yeah. Grandpa, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> there are more. There are more. That makes me wonder then, you know, if there are 13 nations of the fair people, but 12 to poetically coincide with the months of the year or what have you, it makes me wonder, once all 12 are found, will there be some sort of macro level 13th solve? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Put I'll, all I'll the was, stones together and you'll yeah. have the infinity gauntlet. Uh, okay. I've been what you were putting MCU. down. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Now, applying that kind of ideology that maybe there is some sort of specific big clue once per location, People are thinking, okay, well, we found this backwards thing. It applied to the verse. Maybe backwards applies to the clues within the verse, right? Because the clues in this verse kind of led people, Abrams and Zinn specifically, to this Grecian-styled planter at the end of the trail of clues. And they're like, this is the location. We're going to start digging at this planter. Now, it wasn't until Abrams himself decided to dig on the opposite end of the planter that he found the, the key. And that's why people started to think, okay, well, maybe this backwards applied to more than just the verse. Maybe yeah. it applied to the destination itself on the backwards end of the planter. So many, you know what I mean? Just big brains. Big you know? brains out Bunch there. Bunch of big brain people <laughs> chasing a big brain treasure from a big brain author. Right, you know? right. Like, and there ain't no bigger brains than the task force out there. Yeah. Which is why I'm so excited about this particular mystery. We got one more to talk about. That was found before we go into the Can you future ones. If a task force member I, found oh one, that'd be amazing. Oh my god! Like we know that person. Promote them within the squad. They know. They know. Oh my god! That that's why I'm excited to talk about the next section, which is like, here are the clues that we've been able to decipher as a as an audience, as a as a people so far. Yeah. On the next ones, because we've got destinations in your backyard where you come from, Fredo. We got destinations from previous mysteries we talked about. We got destinations all up in the place, all over. So they might be in your backyard, Task Force. Christian nodding his head. He might know where these are. I don't Christian know. Christian, do you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know we'll, these yeah. things. Yeah. Dang, we'll yeah, don't worry about it. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll get in there. We'll, we'll get in that mine, yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren style. <laughs> all right. Hey everybody, Trevor here with uh, you know just a little moment, just between you and me. A nice private conversation where I do all the talking and you listen so politely. And, and just like in the vein of the secret, if you listen to my words carefully, you might pick up a clue to where my key is hidden. What does it unlock? My heart. 
Anyway, I want to talk about some of our sponsors. First of all, ourselves. If you want to listen to this episode, because sometimes it can be hard to wait for those Monday morning 2 to 3 a.m. Central Time uploads, if you want to see or listen to this episode 24 hours early, you can do so. Over at roosterteeth.com, if you get yourself a first membership, we have a plethora of first exclusive shows ready for you, but also everything that we make is at your disposal 24 hours early, including this podcast. You support us directly, all the money goes directly to our company, and it all supports the shows that you watch on our website. Uh, but yeah, if you want to listen to Red Web 24 hours early, become a first member, and you can do that today. But with that said, let's talk about some of our sponsors. Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Sometimes we all need a little help handling what's going on in our lives, or just help with improving our lives. And when that's the case, therapy is a great tool to work on your emotions and your goals and or just unload. Sometimes we just need that. Someone to talk to. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone in person if you don't want. You don't even have to see them on your camera if you don't want. I keep my camera nice, locked, and closed off because I'm bashful. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and it's very fast. You can see your therapist in under 48 hours if you're interested. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback for yourself. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain from it. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and RedWeb listeners. That's you, Task Force. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash RedWeb. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. H-E-L-P dot com slash RedWeb. This episode of RedWeb is also sponsored by Candid. When you look around the world, there's a specialist for just about everything, right? When your car breaks down, you go to the mechanic. So when you want to straighten your uneven teeth, you go to see the orthodontist. They're the specialists. And that's what sets Candid, the invisible, comfortable, and removable aligners apart from the rest. While other companies use general dentists, Candid only works with orthodontists. With Candid... The same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish. You can either book an appointment at a Candid studio near you or take care of everything from the comfort and convenience of your own home. Candid can help you get the straighter, brighter smile you've always wanted. Right now, you can save $75 on your Candid starter kit when you get started from home. Or like I said, you could book an appointment at a Candid studio near you and go today. Go to CandidCo.com slash RedWeb and use code RedWeb to let them know that we sent you and get those $75 off. That's CandidCo.com slash RedWeb and that's code RedWeb. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. CandidCo.com slash RedWeb and use code RedWeb. Now with that said, let's get right back into the mystery. But yeah, let's talk about 2019, the most recent discovery and a little bit more controversial than the other ones because of the nature of everything, but let's dive in. So let's talk about Jason Krupit in 2019, or Krupat, I'm not exactly sure. So apologies, Jason, if you're listening. Um, but in 2019, he found the cask in Boston's Langoni Park. Uh, we're gonna dive into kind of the back and forth on that one, but Krupit reportedly believed that the cask might've been buried there, but he didn't seek it out until he realized a large scale construction kind of plan was in place for this park in particular and he said okay well uh i don't want this to accidentally be discovered and thrown away or demolished or what have you so he spoke with the construction workers to say hey keep an eye out for this if you find a key if you find a box whatever and this was just like a normal person this was a regular person 
In fact, this guy wasn't a part of any of the online search groups, which is what raised a couple flags within those search groups. They're like, listen, this guy's not one of our community members. So that's one kind of flag for them to say, is this guy legit? I don't think uh, it makes him unlegit, right? I don't but, think so at all. Some people just don't want to be, either don't want to be a part of a community or, or don't they're know. just don't know or just are, are just way too shy, right? That, to jump that, into a community. It's and, possible. And, and who knows, right? At the end of the day, this is a treasure hunt for money. So that's true. You don't want to be so like who's to say clues up. You don't just throw in an, an anonymous username, try and grab a bunch of clues mm -hmm. from from that community, maybe another one, and then apply it to your own knowledge. Absolutely, that's a really good point. He could be active, but under a pseudonym. Yeah. Especially when you think of like we covered Cicada three three zero one. So many people that made it through the final time gate for some of those puzzles so were cool. not people that did all of the steps. They yeah. they group think. They, yep. they kind of did it together, and then a few people slipped through. Exactly. That's digital, so they could kind of finesse it a little bit. I mean, there's some real-world clues for that puzzle now, but this one could definitely be exactly like you outlined. I just took everyone else's clues, and I went and found the thing. Yeah. But another flag that came up that kind of pulled some questions into place was Krupit reaching out to the TV show, which we've talked about on this show before, Expedition Unknown. So that way he could basically broadcast the finding of this cask in Boston. It was featured on an episode of that television show, and it kind of spurred a lot of attention on this mystery. But because it was televised and because he kind of waited for it to be televised, people started to think, well, is this real or is he going for attention? Who I, knows? I don't think so. Maybe that's just because of our background. But if we had an idea of where this was, I mean, we'd record it. Mm -hmm. We'd make a video out of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why not capitalize on this more than, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's an opportunity right in front of you. Why not make it as big as you? I don't think it's far-fetched for someone to want to make it a spectacle or an event. Right. Right. I mean, this is, again, this is another 15 years after the second one. So we are decades on yeah. in this mystery. Almost 40 years now, right? So, yeah, televise the thing. Yep. But here's another last little piece. And I think... The other two flags were probably retroactive, kind of looking for reasons to doubt. The real reason why it raised some eyebrows was because the online communities that were searching for this particular key in Boston, they had figured out Boston, but they were all looking at Fenway Park rather than Langoni Park. And so that's why they're like, this might be a hoax. And then they kind of through that lens said, well, now that the fact that you aren't in our community, the fact that you have a different park, the fact that you televised it all make us a little cynical as yeah, to no, your ulterior I, I motives. I completely see where that's coming from. Yeah, but, but, but I'm with you. I don't... I just I just think that this person wanted to capitalize mm -hmm. on this event as much as they could. Uh, this is probably, you know, I mean, something like this is a big thing in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Right? Like, this is yeah. very exciting. And this is my big hobby kind of thing. Exactly. And um, I think the flag for me is if this person knew the location why didn't they go sooner to dig yeah. it up sooner i think that's a little weird right like yeah maybe if waiting you're just like for television I, to say like it's just like i know i think i know where this is like i'm just gonna sit on it it's a little weird to me mm -hmm. because especially regardless of you being in any community these are very detailed and intricate and and very immersive puzzles and it is this is very like taxing chase for this treasure and so why wouldn't you just want to finish it right especially if you know then the odds yeah. of somebody else knowing kind of increase yeah and so like i would be 
itchy to go get the exactly. thing uh, or to search for it. I wouldn't want to tip anybody else off if I was dead passionate about finding yeah. it myself. But also, damn, I mean, putting a lot of trust in a random construction worker to just that's true too right like you there's there's no money that you're putting down on it or anything like it, that it depends on the the tale you weave to that construction worker hey you know when i was younger uh, an old time capsule was buried here it's really that's useless true. so my uh, little i'd toy, like it my little toy key right who knows but i forgot about this and i apologize this is this is the real last reason why i think it raised eyebrows and that's because in 2019 that very same year there was actually a hoax or a fake that came forward. A French professional treasure hunter joined Quest for Treasure, the online forums there, and they called themselves Meteor, and they claimed that they found the San Francisco cask. There's one in SF? There, there is one yeah, in SF, yeah. but this one in particular, I think, is a, is a hoax. The San Francisco Park employee confirmed that Meteor, a.k.a. Gerald Gay, did find something but after contacting the original sculptor that created the casks in the first place, they discovered that this was not legitimate, that it must be a hoax, and that the key in SF is still wherever it is. I mean, damn, there's a lot of big old parks in SF. I mm -hmm. can't even imagine. Oh, I mean, we'll dive into it. We're almost there. But here's the thing. The fact that there was a confirmed, essentially confirmed hoax that very same year put people on the defense, and that's why I think it makes some sense to be a little bit more critical. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still with you. I think that there's a lot, a plethora of reasons as to why somebody would want to find this themselves. That was interesting. They were able to contact the person who created it? The sculptor, yeah, the who sculptor? made the casks. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. In 2005, Byron Price unfortunately passed away during a traffic accident. So... That's why it becomes a little bit more difficult to confirm the keys that have yet to be found. And that's why maybe there's a little bit more defense here saying, is this legit? The only person yeah. that knows knows is him. Everyone else has pieces that. of the answer. Yeah. But coming back to this one here in Boston, you know, we talked about the sculptor being talked to regarding the SF one. The painter, John Jude Palancar, I believe, and the sculptor, Joellen Trilling, both confirmed that the cask that was found by Krupit was authentic. Damn. So That's all you need. Dunked on the haters. Love that. There are, there are still some people that, that are diehard thinking it's a hoax, but to me, this very much confirms that that this is an authentic I mean, if key. You, if you think that's a hoax, then you have to think that the whole entire thing is a hoax. Potentially, yeah. I mean, you can't just go like... You can't be like, we have the clues, you don't. You know Yeah, what I mean? but you like, also can't be like, hey, this person confirmed the previous key, but then... Uh, it was a fake, and then, but also they're confirming that this key is like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to kind of throw a blanket on um, on all that, and either believe it's all fake or can't pick and choose. You can't just be like, well, this key makers is is just picking sides, and this one's fake, and this one's real, and this one's. Fake. It's like no, nah, it's you either believe it all or you don't. Yeah. Well, ultimately, regardless of how you want to believe. He did, in fact, receive the Peridot, the, the gem that was associated with that key Damn. from Sandy on the episode that he was featured in in Expedition Unknown. Whoa, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And, and I honestly think that it was really cool of them to make it a bit of a televised event, to bring some attention to yeah, it. Yeah, like, I want to go was, watch that. Right, whether it was attention for himself or not, I think bringing attention to this kind of really interesting mystery, well, I mean, that's what we're doing now, yeah. uh, was cool. And in case you're curious, here's a comparison image to the fake cask that was found in SF compared to the one on the bottom is the one that was found in Chicago. Interesting. That's actually oh, inside at least closer wow. than I would have expected. But you see how the hour hand is pointing to a number 
that number corresponds to the month and its stone. So that way it kind of confirms. Oh. Fake, much like a, a, you know, a talented sculptor would make, but very simple. Yeah. The real being much more. There's like little details in there. I mean, there's ways, right? They've set up a system in which they can confirm yeah. if it's fake or mm -hmm. not. And that makes sense. Oh, to be honest, I thought they would go as far as to make every kind of like um, box different. Mm -hmm. I mean, they might, honestly. Yeah. Um, we just have at least a photo of that one. But yeah, like the rest are all still buried. Um, so we'll have to see when they're discovered. Yeah, from my understanding, the the real casks all do look similar, except for what Trevor said with the, the clock hand pointing toward the its respective uh, month. But other than that, I I think that the exterior all looks the same. The intricacy is similar. I yeah. think so. Okay, yeah. that's that's yeah. good. I think but, but uni yeah. uniformity kind of helps. Yeah, but you're matching the uh, the stone to the, I guess, the clock. Mm -hmm. You know what sucks, though, actually, is that if they are very similar, somebody finds it, you have a photo of it now, it makes it a little easier to hoax it. Yeah, true. That's what I was saying. Very so, true. so that's where the sculptor be being alive is helpful, because then they can confirm it. Very helpful. There might be like, I hid my signature under the bottom, or something... <laughs> That you can't just, know about. Exactly. I mean, you just throw that into like you know the blueprints or the notes for it, and you just go this this particular box has mm -hmm. this edge missing. What or... if they glazed their fingerprint into it? Now that's cool. You know, like because you workshop with the clay, and then like oh, when you kill yeah, it, yeah. you know, you might fire it up, but have your fingerprint, and then you glaze over that to protect it. That'd be cool. I mean, you throw like one very detailed, intricate thing into that into each individual one, and you're you're set. Teeth marks. I bit this. I mean, that'll work. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, work. we don't know that they didn't. Do Could that. you imagine, yeah. like, we're like a, a walk of fame where they put handprints. Someone like does an open-mouthed like face print, and you <laughs> just see their teeth. In <laughs> okay, so those are the the to kind of get our minds right for the future undiscovered clues. So we've talked about three that were found. A little bit of the nuances and differences between each, and how how the process is loosely unfolded. Now I want to talk about. The, you know, now 40 years on, there are nine casts still out there. I want to talk yeah. about those, talk about the clues therein. Some have more, some have less, some have kind of other complications with them, making them maybe perhaps unfindable or yeah. undiscoverable because it's been a while, you know, things develop, trees yep. grow, uh, whatever. But yeah, let's dive into some. So before we continue, actually, I do want to say that, as I mentioned, Byron Price passed away in 2005. And his publishing company no longer exists, so it left a lot of people fearful that this would kind of kill the treasure hunt. However, Price's wife, Sandy Mendelson, who I mentioned earlier, she retains the gems and will reward anybody who finds the keys. So it, it still is alive yeah, and still is, well, you know, going to within the family. Yeah. That's, what's, that's so cool, man. Yeah. And if, and if you, Task Force, are interested in diving into this, there are a couple of online communities that I've mentioned that you can kind of look into. But we have a subreddit, r slash 12 keys. That's one, two keys. It also has a wiki page with proposed solves, a handful of other forms, etc. And then we also have one, two, again, for 12, but 12treasures.com, once again, with one, two, uh, where you can find a podcast, interviews, Facebook groups, etc., regarding the cities in The Secret. But yeah, and, and the fact that this was on television uh, in 2018 or 2019 kind of helped bring new solvers to right. the table. I love that. So this has been recently that. rekindled. So now is an amazing time if you're interested to try to dive into this and maybe Throw your hat in the ring. See if you can solve it. Maybe one of these locations so, is very, very near you. So cool. But without further ado, 
Let's talk about those cities. Get excited, because some of you are going to be like, I live there. I live there right now. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my park. Uh, okay. San Francisco. Boom. Your hometown. Mm. We've got Roanoke. We covered that in a mystery oh, not but like wow. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we have New Orleans, or Nolens, if you prefer. Nolens. We've got Montreal. We've been there. Hey, I've been there half a lot of times, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got Charleston. We've got St. Augustine. We've got Houston, not too far from where we That's record this podcast. Far. We've got that Milwaukee. Driving distance. Another Midwest city, Milwaukee. And, of course, New York City. So those are the cities that are all theorized to be the, they're the assumed locations. Okay. And people Fantastic are pretty confident. places on that list. Mm-hmm. And now the leads that I'm going to outline per city can be found and are proposed by the secret wiki page. Again, the secret.pbworks.com. If you want to check that out, I encourage you to do so. So let's talk about San Francisco, your bread and butter, your hometown. Tell me if you recognize any of this stuff. You know what? We might actually, this might be, Houston is close. It's drivable. We can do it. But because you know San Francisco, I feel like we should try that one. Because I feel like you're going to know those clues, those locations. We can hook up with Tim Geddes of Kind of Funny Dude, Fame. Dude, yeah, bring Kind of Funny into the mix. Only but for like a 20% cut, maybe, oh, if that. 0% maybe. finder's fee, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe or maybe I get to like, you know, once a month watch a movie in Tim's theater room, you know? A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man's got an amazing theater room. But yeah, let's talk about San Francisco and the cask therein. So it is very likely that this cask, it's a very big city, as you mentioned, a lot of parks, that this cask is buried in the Golden State Park at the top of the outdoor stairs. Do you know where I'm talking about? Golden, I believe it's Golden Gate. Golden Golden, Gate Park. Golden Gate Park? Should be Golden Gate. Christian, you just shook him and he is doubtful in that face. Let's go Golden Gate Park. But you are being fact checked live. It is indeed Golden Gate Park. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying a number of times I've been to Golden Gate Park. You said Gold State. Oops. I went, that sounds slightly off. And then I was, I was like, and I was like, hold on, let me let me no, Golden now, Gate. There's this very small park just in some small neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. No, this is yeah, the Golden this State. This is Golden State. And it's got like a really crappy mural of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And it's like a really rough circle of dirt that's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's buried right there. No, Golden Gate Park is huge. Yeah, it spans it's beautiful. many a blocks. It's gigantic. I mean, I've lived there for I did live there for I'm 32. God, I'm old. Um 20 25 27 years of my life. Yeah. Um uh, grew up there and it's a big boy. Big boy. Yeah. Big boy place. But if I say the top of the outdoor stairs, does that kind of narrow you in at all? I obviously have some more here, but I'm just curious if the I can put you in the mind of the outdoor yeah. stairs. I mean, there's like a little outdoor symphony there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you some more to go off. I was just curious because okay. I don't know this park as well there's as like you a might. Museum so. there as well. I mean, there's a handful of like structures that have a good chunk of stairs yeah. there. Yeah. So using some of the clues and the paintings involved, again, I'm just delineating straight to the point. Uh, it is nearby Strawberry Hill. Uh, as a strawberry can be seen in the, the woman's dress on the painting referring to San Francisco. So that's why people are thinking Strawberry Hill. The stem of the rose in the painting resembles the handrail for that outdoor stairs. And one attempt at digging at the location found nothing, but the cask could very well still be very close to the top of those stairs. Yeah. As is made evident by the other found keys, a lot of holes needed to be dug. You can't go metal detecting around there. And I don't know if you can go digging anymore because there's a lot of new rules and laws that are implemented. But 
I mean, but like you go there in the middle of the night, man. I mean, about, yeah, I mean, be, look, high school, exactly. college, Alfredo, you drive out there in the middle of the night. Yeah, I've been out there. He's like, I'm t- digging with dynamite. I, What's I've up? been out there with Tim. We're just like, ooh, this is spooky. <laughs> and we just walk around the park yeah. or just like the outskirts of the park drinking hot chocolate because we wanted to. Wild. Uh, just because, Wild time, <laughs> because we didn't like coffee. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, we didn't drink alcohol until we were like 25. So we're in, so we're just like, you guys ah, are straight edge like, caffeine. We're like, ew, coffee tastes gross, but we're like, we still want to go. We're like, right. oh, we'll get hot chocolate. What, what was the, it's not macchiato. I got to get that out of my head. What's like the, 22 the mocha? You get mocha latte. We, which would be we like upgraded to the mocha. And we're like, like <laughs> yeah, don't hot chocolate. We're like, like oh. chocolate milk. We're like, ooh, we fancy. It's like a little bit of that espresso stuff, but yeah. then you got the chocolate that overrides it. Mm-hmm. So then I'm um, the taste of it as much. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're like 22 doing that. Oh, how we've all grown. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. I'm way more mature now. I'm mature now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, okay. So that's where it's at. That's that's basically the long and short of it. Um, I'm sure. Just the slightest bit more info since you know the area so well. Uh, Just reading off the the wiki, it's extending from the eastern end of Strawberry Hill to the California Academy of Sciences. Yep. The Academy. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. There's like a like a museum there. Yeah. The Academy of Sciences. Interesting. I've been there a ton of times. I feel like there's so many landmarks to go what off of that hell? it almost feels like it should be easily triangulated. But yeah, I mean, but it's a big park. Who's big to say? Park. Who's like you? There's probably a clue, or I mean, one or two layers that'll help kind of like pinpoint. Because I mean, right. you you do have a general sense of the area, but like I don't know, man. I mean, three feet down is a decent amount, mm-hmm. and who knows if you're you got to be pretty accurate with your digging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. to dig three feet down in, like, normal, compacted, highly trafficked dirt, it's going to take you a little bit of time. Yeah. And uh, for the size of the uh, little cask, you know, and, and if you miss it, you then have to restart that hole. So a lot of the people that are solving, I, I do want to say, they don't want to just go digging willy-nilly. No, it's going to no, take no, a no. lot of time. It's yeah. going to destroy a park. So a lot of people actually, once they figured out the location, they they spend a lot of time really trying to figure out where they're going to dig before they do. Yeah. And if you're curious, I have the image that is thought to be the San Francisco painting. Mm. Okay, let me see that. Yeah, see if there's anything in here that kind of jumps out to you as San Francisco. I'm... Like, that's a big snake on the front of that dress. I'm curious... If there's anything with regard to San Francisco or that plays the into that, flower the flower, the colors, it's very dark I mean, like with a, some blue. blue. I mean, there's just like a, I mean, there's like a rose garden, but I mean, that's gonna be like everywhere. Um, the little like, little like watch on the table could represent a couple of, uh, a couple of like big, uh, bigger towers with clocks that we have in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm just the the mounds behind it. Like there's, there's gotta be things within those mounds that have some type of structure to the the bridge. Right. Or, Learning from the backwards or, clue. Yeah. Or the red, you know, the redwoods that that we have a little bit further north of SF. Like, well, there's a bit of a cliff face too in that park, right? That you can come out yeah. to and see over the city, see over the bridge. Yeah. I mean, the cliff face could resemble some of the rocks that we have, like some of the a little bit of the cliff sides that we have, and like um, um, along the coast. What about all those moons or all those bubbles up yeah, there? Yeah. No, San Francisco has like ten moons, so that's that's getting pretty close to where. What does that mean? I mean, 
Yeah, why'd you say that so casually? What is yeah, that? Yeah, we mean? got ten, 10 moons. moons. Like, what are you tattooing yeah. over there? <laughs> yeah, you look into the sky. There's ten moons over there. Yeah, well, there's, there's right. two That's red right. dots. Maybe, maybe San Francisco's remnant. The moon <laughs> there's is like, there's up like over two there. like little red dots in the distance behind the red moons, and that's the UFO that usually sits right above right. Uh, Fisher now, and Golden. Now State I don't Park. know if I can believe this man. This can, he's, he could say anything now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe start, we go to San I mean, Francisco. We start cruising around. I mean, look, you can, you can start looking at that, and I, you could definitely start trying to place things in different areas. Yeah. That, I mean, it definitely could be things I just want to see, and I just go, okay, that kind of reminds me of like mm -hmm. some of the cliff sides along the coast or or whatnot. But I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. I feel like I need to really stare at that cliff face because. With how weird the word backwards was etched oh, into yeah. that stone, I, mean, I think you're right. I think, I think something. I think there's definitely be something in there, and it, it could be as simple as something that represents, like, you know, uh, a bridge, mm -hmm. or it, I mean, who it knows? Could, it could even it be could, a route or a street pattern, exactly. Or, or it could just be a long, crooked arrow that it could be as, indicates the walking it, path. You need it to, could be as simple as a heart. And oh man, SF is really big. Like we have hearts, uh, like heart art pieces that yeah. are all over the city. They're just like you know the whole theme of like I left my heart in SF, like type of thing. Did and, you? Uh, I think she came with you. I think he came with me. <laughs> Look, man, when I when I saw how much more you're, affordable listen, it is to live in Austin, diehard like, My heart's here. I'm good. It was it's a big cheap. move for you, though. I was like, it's cheaper to put my heart here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. What about the dragon? Anything dragon related? Because she got the. She's got the big old dragon on the front of her. Oh, that's a dragon. Yeah, yeah. it yeah, looks it, like a, I mean, a, a serpent-esque dragon. Something is snake, it, snake it is, reptilian. But, I mean, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't think of anything like San Francisco related. I mean, we, you know, we have a big Chinese festival every year, but I mean, mm -hmm. like, I can't think of anything dragon related that we just kind of have. It's so, it's so cryptic. It could be anything from the number of scales to the number of loops. Yeah, are indicative of I something. I mean, that like, could. Exactly Anything right. Could be a clue. Or that could be a, something that's just throwing you off the actual right. right. The scales of the dragon or the way the dragon curves. Um, yeah, it could necessarily not necessarily be about the dragon. That just could be a piece of. It could art also that's just be there. a total misdirect, right? Some of the pieces Completely. of the castle in Chicago. Here's the thing, and this is what engrosses me so much in this mystery: is that when you look at the solved ones, you go. It's so obvious in hindsight. Yeah, Once someone has yeah. solved it, you go, no, duh. Yep. But when you look at the ones that I'm haven't been at, solved, you're yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, Grant, I'm looking at this for less than two minutes. Sure. But, but yeah, right. You see, how did no one see that it said backwards along <laughs> the cracks of the wall? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm looking at that and I go, I mean, look, I have no idea what's here, but there's definitely something here. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. this isn't just like, I don't know. It seems it's intentional seems very intentional yeah yeah see now i just keep looking like if you look on the we can move on and cut all this oh I'm you just, can no, 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 no. like that Please, yeah get in there oh, get in there. on the, the oh my edge, god those aren't even the scales letters. that's a grid yeah and then like the scales of the dragon are like stones there's like, oh, like roman numerals kind of now pattern. see now we did that it's like a yin yang enhance we need to do a, a just a bonus so oh, we can really goodness. dive into one of these Dude, like what the is all this stuff the, so the the scales are like stone oh blocks, my god are those but the letters stone blocks are different yeah, a, yeah there's a, like yeah. roman numerals oh, letters yeah. there's like there's yep. a yin yang oh my letter. god the they stone are blocks oh are different god. sizes yeah. i gotta get out and of then here. i mean honestly <laughs> I need a plane ticket you can take it you look at look at the rose too the rose too could have some sort of like detail within the bud like it there's there's very detailed lines and shadowing within that Oh man, that is 
Oh, so what, so cool. what the author did, since we're diving into the details here, uh, I want to kind of have this aside. What the author did was he went around the cities and he would take a Polaroid of the location. And then he would take Polaroids of various elements of the city that he wanted included in the paintings. Some of these, you can see all the elements from the spot it was buried. Some of them, not so much yet to be determined, right? But that's how he would get these paintings to be done, is he would reach out to artists and say, just include these elements. Yeah. As cryptic as you want or as not. So that way, all the pieces are out there. The pieces of knowledge are spread out through all the people, but he was the only one that had the locked-in answers. Amazing. Yeah. But let's jump over to some of the other locations and see how, how we're doing on that. So, like, Roanoke's proposed location is near Waterside Theater. The way that this came about is that there's a line in one of the verses that says, quote, Ride the Man of Oz. And from that, people kind of extrapolated, okay, the author of The Wizard of Oz is Thomas Baum. And there's a, a ferry named the Thomas Baum Ferry that takes passengers out to Roanoke, the site. And continuing on with that very verse, we have lines, quote, under that which may be last touched or first seen standing, end quote. This line could very much likely refer to the tree that we actually talked about in the Roanoke Mystery, the disappearance episode that had CRO written on it. It was unfinished, but unlike yeah. the fence post that said Croatoan, it said CRO. Yep. So subsequently, the cask is believed to be where the crew of the play, The Lost Colony, built the CRO tree. So not where the actual tree was or is or what have you, but perhaps where the play's iteration of that tree was put. Very interesting. I see you think. No, I mean, just the the, the, the depth of this whole treasure hunt is... Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be really fun to put this together? It, yeah. I like, feel like I we can't, have, it's I almost like imagine. old school geocaching. Yeah, and then just sitting there and talking, like, it seemed like he sat by himself to current try and put this all together um, mm -hmm. with obviously like hiring different artists and, and whatnot but and you know someone to, to make the actual product but it's just I don't know man that, that's just so interesting and really really cool I don't, I don't know like I'm just so immersed in this right now yeah in terms of like the the simplicity yet how complex it all is yeah like it, that it, it's like that painting right with kind of like a, a verse and that's what it is yeah. and yet you have so many people just going uh can't haven't quite found out yet mm -hmm. like the the like i don't know just the amounts of planning that have that would have to go into every single word and letter and stroke of like paint is just incredible mm-hmm pretty cool yeah well, for the sake of immersion, let's jump into the uh, the next location. We have Charleston. Now, unfortunately, and we kind of talked about this before with your gut check, the Charleston key is believed to be missing due to extensive construction that has been done in the theorized location, which would be White Point Garden. So, I mean, that's going to befall some of these locations after yeah. many decades. It's yeah. just bound to happen. The St. Augustine cask is probably, again, this is all distilling the clues, located in the Fountain of Youth Archaeological Park. There is a line in one of the verses that says, quote, the first chapter, which also appears at the entrance of the Fountain of Youth. But the exact location, quote, at the base of a tall tree, is under plants that the owners do not want disturbed. So when it comes to that location, whoever owns the plants underneath that tall tree, they're like, nah, I don't really want you digging around there. So 
not worth it for a maybe thing. Yeah. Dang. I mean, you could dig sideways. You could repot the plants. True. I don't know what kind of plants I'm you got. I'm sorry, Chris. Is that, is that what is you? No, it's an like? ingenious solution. <laughs> I mean, and then we look at it in these like giant bushes and like yeah, the they, rare, I mean, they, they could rare be. moon blooms or whatever. Yeah, the they could be. I don't know the size <laughs> of these plants. I'm just saying, like, if I own that property, I don't know if I had a little bit of yeah. money and time. I feel like that'd be a fun project. I'd be like, you know what? Let's see. Let's yeah. see. I own these plants. I might own that key. Let's yeah. get that key out get of there. This. And then with the, with the gym, just buy new plants. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'd be too, uh, too curious. I guess I don't know the, the nature of those plants. Right. There's but... a lot of logistics that go into that, but mm -hmm. like, I'd be curious. I, I'd contemplate repotting some plants, Christian. <laughs> I'm just imagining trying to go dig there, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we don't, we don't want to want you to dig that." And they just go, "You can repot the plants. Not <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to blow you away. You can grow those back." <laughs> um, the New Orleans one is proposed to be at the site of the former St. Charles Hotel, and this is where another bit of oh. history kind of interferes. The exact location is unknown since the clues in the verse probably reference how the building was prior to it being demolished. Yeah. So. Really, the only thing we would have to go off of now are historic photos, photos of the location, yep. if, and, and who knows how many photos there are, and if there's enough to go off of, or if there's the right photos of the right spots of the building. It's hard to say. So that one is kind of up in the air. Another one that's up in the air is the Houston one, close to us. This one's probably located in Herman Park, where an antique train used to be. Now, just like the one in Charleston, this one has kind of befallen construction, and it is theorized that this one is likely never going to be found or not going to be found anytime soon because its location is under a walking path. So unless oh, you want to work with the city and yeah. dig that up and then dig under it, you're going to be digging up a lot of walk yeah. path. And uh, so that one's probably oh, yeah. out of commission. Yeah, you're not going to. There's much easier fish to go after. Mm -hmm. The Montreal cask doesn't have as much of a specific location as the other ones, but it could be in a couple of locations, namely the Golden Square Mile neighborhood, St. Helen Island, or Notre Dame Island. So if you're out there in Montreal, oh, let us man. know. Get out that's there. A, that's a lot more broad than the other locations, Very broad. though. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, it seems like San Francisco has the most yeah, going more, for most, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the one I'd go for. Mm -hmm. The one in Milwaukee seems to be buried near a tree in Lake Park. One of the lines in one of the verses says, quote, ascend the 92 steps. This could refer to the grand staircase at Lake Park. From there, the clues guide you to a spot near a large cement disc, which resembles the millstone that is in one of the paintings. And last but not least, we have the New York cask, which has been theorized to be buried near a tree, once again, near New York Harbor. Now, with regard to this particular one, this might apply to other clues too, but with regard to this particular cask, Price himself revealed that you can see every clue from the painting from the dig spot. That kind of helps because New York is so huge. There's so many landmarks that once you find this spot to dig at yeah. this particular tree, boom, 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 whatever clues are in the painting, you can also see from that spot, which is kind of helpful. Price's daughter also revealed that his father passed through Ellis Island, so it could be on Ellis Island in conjunction with it being nearby the harbor. But digging that close to a tree 40 years later, if it has been there for that long, would likely require a specialist like an arborist, so you're not killing right. a tree on a historic island. 
that you know maybe it's oh. buried in the uh, the roots now. It, it's really hard to know, and uh, so you'd need a specialist to go digging around, especially if it's on Ellis Island. Yeah, that makes that complicated. Yeah, I feel like a good chunk of these will only be found if construction comes across it. Probably. Even then, it's like the chance that they'll actually see it, right? While they're tearing everything up and using big bulldozers to move large piles of dirt and whatnot. Like, who's to say they'll actually spot it? Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that, know what to do with it. Right. I'm sure a lot of them just keep it. Like, I know my, my dad does some general contract. He does some mm-hmm. construction and stuff. And in his younger days, when he was kind of doing the, the more contracted work, yeah. like manipulating the land or what have you he would un- uncover like arrowheads i think once he uncovered a misplaced headstone and oh. it's like i guess it's on private property there's no other headstones yeah. here do you just kind of keep it as a collectible like as something cool you found do you <laughs> yeah. like do you donate it like really... so i'm sure a lot of these people that work the land uh on very in various oh, parks that's true. if that's they a, find something they might very... just kind of like hey, this yeah. was cool this was a cool thing i found yeah that's a very cool perspective but yeah i mean task force that's the long and short of some of those clues, obviously there are the resources I had mentioned. If you're interested in trying to pursue this, I think that'd be really, really cool. Yeah, Hit us up if you SF find anything, one. if you think if you have any theories. But as always, be respectful. Uh, these are real locations and you want to make sure that you have permission before you film, dig, or refill, whatever. Manipulate the land in any of these parks. Yeah. I think that's what's been interesting about this, this mystery is that they are in places that aren't typically built on and demolished and manipulated a lot because they're more protected but also it is that protection that kind right. of prevents you from just willfully searching yeah, the area. Yeah, that's why but, a lot of people aren't just going in digging a bunch of holes trying to right. find you, right? Like, you just don't have that ability to do so. Like, if you're gonna go dig you you have pretty much a shot or two at it. Mm-hmm. But man, this was one of the ones that uh, so we had been cool. super stoked to talk about for a while. There's another mystery that's very similar with an author and a treasure hunt that I think we'll talk about here in the coming weeks or months oh, at some should. point. We definitely should. Because we, we've been sitting on them prior to even the show launching and prior to quarantine, just because like we were like, these are really cool mm-hmm. mysteries that you can, whether you find them or not, it would be really awesome to document the search Go for one the of location. them. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and hopefully they exist. Hopefully, like you, you want to believe it. And various there's various other treasure hunts out there that may or may not exist. Um, yeah. But, but man, if we could do like a treasure hunting show, that'd be really cool. Awesome. The locations we could go to. Just yeah. Talk, yeah. I mean, what a captivating mystery. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Yeah. As, as soon as you threw the hook at me, I was just like, I'm in. <laughs> this is, I was smiling from ear to ear. What's more tangible than a, than a treasure hunt? You I know? Just, that's the thing, too, that I very much like about this. It's like, sure, there's always a little bit of a doubt. Um, with anything sure. and with this it was whether or not this was actually real mm-hmm. but there's so many different pieces um that come to light there's so many different corners and so many different um a handful of different people and, and places and individuals that like reaffirmed a certain thing like i never really questioned anything throughout this whole right. entire like episode there's enough, sat, enough concrete yeah. things have come forward whether it be pe- like you said people yeah. evidence whatever lots of lots of twists really solidified you know, a handful of, of, of turns and and like people and, tra- and trading of hands and whatnot and it's just like oh okay like i i the whole time felt very comfortable of just like oh well, like this is 
this is a path that I'm on, and it's not like a fake path that's going to mm-hmm. bottom out from under me, like right. some of the other mysteries. You, you know, it's it's much like playing Dark Souls, right? Yeah. Where uh, it's very difficult, and when you die, it's built in the way that you know you messed up. So when you don't yeah. find the key, you're not left disappointed. Probably going to be disappointed because you didn't find it, but you're right. not left going, "This is fake. I hate this." Yeah, you're you're just like, "This is just that tough." It's it's a buried treasure, and it's hidden, and it's meant to be tough. But all the things you need are there. Yeah, for you to find it. Yeah, and that's the challenge. It's God. It gives me a little bit of chills, dude. It's so cool. But uh, but anyway, this is a, a perfect time. You know, we're still very much in the back and forth between. Uh, you know, we're now recording the show in person, which is a nice little bit, bit mm-hmm. of progress. But we have our YouTube channel, and with that comes the expansion of what this show, this this Red Web brand, can look like. Christian and I are knocking our heads around all the time talking about what a new series, a, like a subset, a category of the Red Web, Red Web shows. Yeah, what what else we can do? Because we really want to explore that YouTube channel and do some visual kind of counters to this podcast in addition to. And one of those has been like going out and, and tackling these mysteries head on in person, whether it be cryptids or ghosts or supernatural stuff mm-hmm. or... or or not. Or treasure hunts like this, Fredo. <laughs> treasure hunt, yeah. With the man in the field. Yeah. Treasure hunt with, with a monster behind it. I say, crypto and ghost. You've got, got you know, <laughs> damn mind. This treasure's got a ghost on it. <laughs> but like, and so, you know, I, I want to keep putting those feelers out there, not to make any false promises to you, but to to engage you, Task Force, in, and to see what you uh, feel like you would like, because those are all things I think we would genuinely love to make. Oh, yeah. And uh, and right now, you know, we all we can do is kind of tease them because we've been thinking about them for months. And once the world is in a place where we can safely do those things, we absolutely want yeah. to explore them. But in the meantime, if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, we upload these podcasts there with some visual elements baked in for those who prefer their podcasts on YouTube. But yeah, it's YouTube.com slash RedWebPod. So please hit us up there. It's just another outlet for you to consume our podcast and any other future content we might make. But other than that, that's been the yeah. secret, Fredo. Beautiful. I, man, we got to get over to San Francisco sometime soon. Beautiful. And, uh, start digging around. I uh, know. Um, well, thanks for joining us on this journey. Yeah. Catch y'all later. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.